Hello and welcome to Speak the Words, a Cosmere podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Mango. This is a podcast where I'm slowly but surely walking Mango through the story of the Stormlight Archive, currently book two, Words of Radiance. And we only have three episodes left, uh, uh, including this one. We have this episode and then two big finale episodes that I'm very excited for. Uh, Mango, last time, uh, we only covered one chapter. <laughs> there was a lot in there though wasn't there yeah i finally remember his name now we learned about a uh his secret organization the diagram uh-huh we learned that the the thrill and the death rattles are both caused by ancient evil spren mm-hmm. and is king of yakoved now wait yakoved yeah. that's where shalon's from right yep oh okay yeah Fun. That's, uh, that's, those are all the people that Tarvangian was having Zeth kill, all the high princes. So he was already king of one kingdom, and now he's king yeah. of, uh... Yeah, but Carbranth is more of a city-state than anything. It's not yeah. a full kingdom, but now he has a full kingdom and Carbranth. Wow. Yes. Uh, and Zeth, he has been sent back to kill, uh, kill Dalinar, Dalinar. after some quick thinking on Tarvangian's part. He was like, oh, some uh, quick, <laughs> quick gaslighting. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah no, it's no, an honor blade. It, they must be an honor blade. It couldn't possibly be a radiant. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. come on, man. Yeah, come on. Come you? on. I w- couldn't be wrong. Yeah, no, exactly. But Tarvangian also knows that there is a Bridgman radiant now. Uh, oh, yeah. No, he, he he is aware that there are uh there there are radiants. He's just trying to tell uh, yeah. Zeth that there aren't so that he can keep his control over Zeth because if. Zeth believes there are radiance, and he's not going to believe that his slavery is um, valid, and so he's not going to listen. <laughs> so he's going to summon Yezrian's honor blade and cut Taravangian in half. Um, yep. I, I, yeah, but also wait, did was I supposed to know that it was Yezrian's honor blade? I mean, it gives him the powers of a windrunner, and Yezrian was the herald that. Uh, I don't know if I remembered that. I, it's I didn't it's not a big that. deal. It, it's Yezrian okay. is the patron of the windrunners, and. Those are the abilities that uh, Zeth mm-hmm. have. So it would be Ezrian's. I can't remember what you've told me and what yeah. I just... Yeah. You haven't told me. Like, some things some things you haven't told me and other things you have and I just yeah. forgot. Yeah. That's okay. It's a good <laughs> mixture. That's why I, 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 that's why I do that. I keep you on your toes. Um, <laughs> but but uh, Zeth saying that there was a Bridgman Radiant is, like, they don't know that it's Kaladin yet. But they're going to find out real quick. They activated their sleeper agents in the Shattered Plains, and they're going to find Kaladin real quick. <laughs> um, so that's great. That's real cool. Love that. Uh, this week. Have we... fun with that, Kaladin. <laughs> yeah, have fun with that. <laughs> uh, part five, Winds Alight. The viewpoints are Kaladin, Shallan, Dalinar, Adolin, and Wit. Uh, we start with chapter 76, The Hidden Blade, which has Kaladin symbol. And the epigraph reads... They will come. You cannot stop their oaths. Look for those who survive when they should not. That pattern will be your clue. From the diagram, Coda of the Northwest Bottom Corner, Paragraph 3. And so that is the uh, little bit that Taravangian uh, discovered uh, in the last chapter that told him that it would be a Bridgman. Uh, we start in Kaladin's POV, and I'm just going to read from the book to start. You have killed her. Kaladin couldn't sleep. He knew he should sleep. You have killed her. He sat up in his bed. 
The camp outside felt too quiet. The men at Bridge 4 had gone to join the army for its expedition. One, only a small force from Bridge 4 would remain behind to guard the king. Kaladin finds his spear and uses it, as, uses it as a crutch to stand. He leaves the barracks, dreading that the weeping would begin tomorrow. Four weeks of ceaseless rain. Lopin tries to get him to rest, but Kaladin insists on going to watch the army leave. Lopin asks why he doesn't just use Stormlight to heal, and Kaladin tells him that Syl is left. As they approached the plateaus, the dead silence gave, away to, gave way to the low roar of thousands. Soldiers were gathered there, spearmen in huge blocks, light-eyed archers in thinner ranks, officers prancing on horseback in gleaming armor. Kaladin gasped softly. What? Lopin asked. It's what I always thought I'd find. What? Today? As a young man in Alethkar, Kaladin said, when I dreamed of the glory of war, this is what I imagined. A full army, arrayed for a grand march. Spears held high, banners fluttering, drummers and trumpeters, messengers, scribes on horses, even the king's soulcasters. Hey, someone else is actually coming, Lopin said. Look at that. By the banners, Dalinar had been joined by only a single high prince, Royan. However, as Lopin pointed out, another force was flowing northward. At least one other high prince had responded to Dalinar's call. Let's find Bridge 4, Kaladin said. I want to see the men off. And we cut to Dalinar's point of view. Sabariel? Dalinar asked. Sabariel's troops are joining us? Royan grunted. I guess we should be glad for any support at all. Sabariel? He wouldn't even send troops on close plateau runs, where there was no risk of Parshendi. Why would he send men now? Royan shook his head and shrugged. Dalinar turned gallant and rode toward the oncoming group, as did Royan. They passed Adolin, who rode just behind with Shallan. Renarin was over with the bridgemen. Behind them rode a large group of Navani scholars and cartographers. As Dalinar made his way toward Sabariel, Amaram rode up. Is that Sabariel? Amaram asked. Apparently. Should we send him away? Why would we do that? He's untrustworthy, Amaram said. He keeps his word so far as I know, Dalinar said. That is more than I can say for most. Is Sabariel the one that Shallan was staying with? Yes. Okay. So he he's the one who just kind of is there to have fun yeah. and make fun of people. Yeah. Okay. He has not committed soldiers to any part of this until right now. He keeps his word because uh, he keeps his word because he never promises anything. Dalinar, Royan, and Amaram trot up to Sabariel. Sabariel, Dalinar asked. Dalinar, the plump man said. You look surprised. I am. Ha! That's the reason. That's reason enough to have come, wouldn't you say, Polona? You brought your mistress. Sure, why not? If we fail out there, I'll be dead and she'll be out on her ear. She insisted anyway, storming woman. I've got a feeling about you, Dalinar, old man. I think it's wise to stay close to you. Something's going to happen out there on the plains, and opportunity rises like the dawn. Royan sniffed. Royan, Sabariel said. Shouldn't you be hiding under a table somewhere? Perhaps I should, if only to get away from you. Sabariel laughed. Well said, you old turtle. Perhaps this trip won't be a complete bore. Onward, then, to glory and some such nonsense. If we find riches, <laughs> remember that I get my part. I got here before Aladar. That has to count for something. Before, Dalinar said with a start. Nearby, an army wearing Aladar's colors of white and gr dark green spilled out onto the shattered plains. Now that, Amaram said, I really didn't expect. And we jump to Sadius's point of view. Eli, tell his wife, tells Sadius that they should try seizing power in a coup, and Sadius says that it won't be necessary and that Dalinar won't survive his expedition. And then a messenger arrives and delivers unpleasant news. And we cut back to Dalinar. Dalinar kicked Gallant into motion, tearing across the landscape. Aladar sat on horseback, surveying his army. Aladar's army might be the largest force on the plains. 
He was also one of Sadius's greatest supporters. How are we going to do this, Dalinar? Aladar asked. Do we all go out on our own, crossing different plateaus but meeting back up? Or do we march in an enormous column? Why? Why have you come? You made such passionate arguments all along, and now you act surprised that someone listened? Not someone. <laughs> you. Royan and Sabariel, the two biggest cowards in our midst, are marching to war. Am I to stay behind and let them seek the fulfillment of the vengeance pact without me? The other high princes seem content to do so. I suspect they are better at lying it to themselves than I am. Sadius will not be pleased. Sadius can storm off. He doesn't own me. He wants to, though. I can feel it in the deals he forces me to make, the knives he slowly places at everyone's throats. He'd have us all as his slaves by the end of this. Aladar, tell me Sadius didn't put you up to this. Tell me this isn't part of another plot to abandon or betray me. Aladar smiled. You think I'd just tell you if it were? I would hear a promise from your own lips. And you'll trust that promise? How well did that serve you, Dalinar, when Sadius professed his friendship? A promise, Aladar. Aladar met his eyes. I think the things you say about Alethkar are naive at best and undoubtedly impossible. Those delusions of yours aren't a sign of madness, as Sadius wants us to think. They're just the dreams of a man who wants desperately to believe in something. Something foolish. Honor is a word applied to the actions of men from the past who have had their lives scrubbed clean by historians. He hesitated. But, storm me for a fool, Dalinar. I wish they could be true. I came for myself, not Sadius. I won't betray you. Even if Alethkar can't ever be what you want, we can at least crush the Parshendi and avenge old Gavilar. It's just the right thing to do. Dalinar nodded. I could be lying, Aladar said, but you aren't. How do you know? Honestly, I don't. But if this is all going to work, I'm going to have to trust some of you. It was not the grand coalition of all high princes that Dalinar had wanted, but this could be enough. Dalinar tells them that they're going to march as one and avoid spreading out. He also tells them to leave their parchment behind since they're going to battle with their cousins. Thank you, Dalinar said to Aladar. You really do believe in all this, don't you? Yes. Aladar extended his hand. You realize that I'm stand stained through and through. I've got blood on these hands, Dalinar. I'm not some perfect honorable knight as you seem to want to pretend. I know you're not, Dalinar said, taking the hand. But I'm not either. We will have to do. They shared a nod, then Dalinar turned Gallet and, and began to trot back toward his own army. Amaram fell in beside Dalinar. First Sabariel, then Aladar? You, your trust seems to come cheaply today, Dalinar. Would you have me turn them away? Think how spectacular this victory would be if we did it on our own. I hope we're above such vain glory, old friend, Dalinar said. Dalinar scanned his force and noticed Kaladin. Come with me, Dalinar said to Amaram. Amaram let his horse lag behind. I think I should go see to... Come, Dalinar said sharply. I want you to speak to that young man oh, so we can put a stop oh, to the fine. rumors and the oh, things fine. he's been saying about you. Those don't oh. do anyone any good. Very Ugh. well, Amaram said, catching up. We cut to Kaladin, Kaladin's POV. Kaladin watched Adolin and Shallan with jealousy. He wished he could hate Adolin, but the truth was that he liked the man, and the two of them were good for one another. He hated that. He hoped that none of the bridgemen <laughs> had noticed him watching Shallan. <laughs> Renarin stood nearby, and Kaladin decided that he had to ask the man about his condition sometime. Something wasn't adding up about the explanation of epilepsy. The rest of Bridge 4 gives Kaladin shit for not resting in bed. He feels even more useless as he realizes that even Rock is going on the expedition, even though he refuses to fight. And Rock is just like, I'm not going to let them eat camp food for the entire time. I'm, I'm going along to make our boys good food. Why were the Bridgemen parting? Rock looked over his shoulder, then laughed, backing away. 
Now we shall see real trouble. Behind them, Dalinar Colin was climbing from his saddle. Kaladin sighed. He got upright, earning a glare from Teft, before noticing that Dalinar was not alone. Amaram. Kaladin stiffened. Dalinar and Amaram approached. Control yourself, Kaladin thought. You should be resting, soldier, Dalinar said. Yes, sir. My men have already made that abundantly clear. Then you trained them well. I'm proud to have them along with me on this expedition. Teft saluted. If there's danger to you, Bright Lord, it will be out there on the plains. We can't protect you if we wait back here. Kaladin frowned. Scar is here? Teft? So who's watching the king? We've seen to it, sir, Teft said. Bright Lord Dalinar asked me to leave our best man behind with a team of his own selection. Uh, They'll oh. watch the king. Uh, the best oh. man. Moash. Uh, oh. Moash had been left in charge of the king's safety and had a team of uh, his own oh. choosing. Amaram, Dalinar said. You told me that you'd never seen this man before arriving here on the Shattered Plains. Is that true? <laughs> Kaladin met the eyes of a murderer. Yes, Amaram said. What of his claim that you took your blade and plate from him? Bright Lord, Amaram said. I don't know if the lad is touched in the head or merely starved for attention. Perhaps he served in my army as he claims he certainly bears the correct slave brand. But his allegations regarding me are obviously preposterous. Dalinar nodded to himself. I believe an apology is due. Kaladin struggled to remain upright, so this would be his final punishment. I, Kaladin began. Not you, son, Dalinar said softly. Amram turned. Surely you don't believe these allegations, Dalinar. A few weeks ago, I received two special visitors in camp. One was a trusted servant who had come from Kolinar in secret, bringing a precious cargo. The other was that cargo, a madman who had arrived at the gates of Kolinar carrying a shard blade. Imram paled and stepped back, hand going to his side. I told my servant to go drinking with your personal guard, he knew many of them, and talk of a treasure that the madman said had been hidden for years outside the war camp. By my order, he then placed the madman's shard blade in a nearby cavern. After that, we waited. He's summoning his blade, Kaladin thought, looking at Amaram's hand. Kaladin reached for his side knife, but Dalinar was already raising his own hand. White mist coalesced in Dalinar's fingers, and a shard blade appeared, tipped to Amaram's throat. Wider than most, it was almost cleaver-like in appearance. A blade formed in Amaram's hand a second later. His eyes went wide as he stared at the silvery blade held to his throat. Dalinar had a shard blade. I thought that if you had been willing to murder for one blade, you would certainly be willing to lie for a second. And so, after I knew you'd sneaked in to see the madman on your own, I asked you to investigate his claims for me. I gave your conscience plenty of time to come clean, out of respect for our friendship. When you told me you'd found nothing, but in fact you had actually recovered the shard blade, I knew the truth. How? Amaram hissed. How did you get it back? I removed it from the cave. My men had it safe. I wasn't about to risk it just to prove a point. I bonded this blade before we hid it away. That week you spent ill. Yes. Damnation. Why, Amaram? Of all people, I thought that you... Ugh. Dalinar's grip on the weapon tightened. Amaram raised his chin as if thrusting his neck toward the point of the shard blade. I did it, Amaram said, and I would do it again. The Voidbringers will soon return, and we must be strong enough to face them. That means practiced, accomplished shardbearers. In sacrificing a few of my soldiers, I plan to save many more. Lies, Kaladin said. You just wanted the blade for yourself. Amaram looked Kaladin in the eyes. I am sorry for what I did to you and yours. Sometimes good men must die so that greater goals may be accomplished. Kaladin felt a gathering chill. He's telling the truth, he thought. He honest belie honestly believes that he did the right thing. Amaram dismissed his blade, turning back to Dalinar. What now? 
you are guilty of murder, of killing men for personal wealth. And what is that? And what is it when you send thousands of men to their deaths so that you, that you may secure gem hearts, Dalinar? Is that different somehow? We all know that sometimes lives must be spent for the greater good. Take off that cloak. You are no radiant. Emram reached up and undid it, then dropped it to the rock. He turned and started to walk away. No, Kaladin said. Let him go, son. His reputation is broken. He's still a murderer. And we will try him fairly, once I return. I can't imprison him. Shardbearers are above that, and he'd cut his way out anyway. Either you execute a shardbearer, or you leave him free. Kaladin sagged. He felt drained. Thank you, Kaladin said to Dalinar, for believing me. I do listen sometimes, soldier. Now go back to camp and get some rest. Kaladin nodded. Sir, stay, stay safe out there. Dalinar smiled grimly. If possible. At least now I've got a way to fight that assassin if he arrives. With all these shard blades flying around lately, I figured having one myself made too much sense to ignore. He narrowed his eyes. Even if it feels wrong somehow to hold one. Strange, that. Why should it feel wrong? Perhaps I just miss my old blade. Dalinar dismissed the blade. Go, he said. And we cut to Sadius's POV. Sadius is upset that Aladar is joining Dalinar and makes plans to replace the High Princes that he thinks will die on the expedition. And that is the end of the chapter. Uh, let me guess, Amaram's gonna go run with his tail between his legs back to Sadius <laughs> and try and get Sadius to get Kaladin murdered somehow. Or Kaladin. team up with or team up with the people mm. that are trying to kill Kaladin anyway. Mm. Dalinar has a shard blade. Yeah, I didn't follow that whole conversation. Like, so, I didn't know yeah. what was going on. But he I was has, like, okay, cool, he has one again. He has the I blade guess. that Talm brought with him. Oh! Now, I'm going to really uh. quickly... I'm going to really quickly go back to the, epi or the epilogue of Way of Kings... All right, his muscles glistened. His muscles glistened, wet as if he just swam a great distance. To his side, he carried a massive shard blade, point down, sticking about a finger's width into the stone. His hand on the hilt. The blade reflected torchlike. It was long, narrow, and straight, shaped like an enormous spike. And I'm gonna read when Dalinar summons his shard blade again, really quick. Wider than most, it was almost cleaver-like in appearance. Uh, so. The shard blade is described differently those two times. It's described differently, but it's supposed to be the same blade? It is not. But then... I told you an honor blade went missing between- I told you that there's an honor blade that isn't where oh. it's supposed to be. That is not Tawn's honor blade. At some point, while Tawn was traveling from Alethkar to the Shattered Plains, his honor blade was taken and swapped out for a normal shard blade. At one point, Hoyd had the honor blade. But he does not currently. Why did Hoyt have it? He was with. He was there on the. He was on the whole trip back. He was with them. So at some point it went from Tall to him, and then it went from him to somebody else. And somebody else currently has Tall's honor blade. Wait, but how did? I mean, so Wit had it, but he hadn't like bonded with it because he can't kill anybody. I mean, he could still bond with it. He could just couldn't use it to kill anybody. Mm. Um. And I don't know that he bonded with it, but at one point oh, it was also, in his I possession. That, I thought that in order to get it from someone, it had to be surrendered. Like, if it was bonded with someone, then wouldn't it have to be surrendered by that person in order to be bonded with by someone else? 
Yeah, so presumably Tone, in his madness, surrendered the blade at some point. Oh, yikes. But so yes, Tone does not have any any sort of weapon, any sort of shard blade or honor blade. And Dalinar has what they think is Tone's honor blade, but it is it is just a normal shard blade. And when Dalinar holds it, he feels that it's wrong somehow. Is it the same way that, like, is it for the same reason that that other blade was, like, screaming when... And he, I'm presumably he could only hear that because he is bonded with a spren or something. And so Dalinar does not hear screaming. He doesn't say so. He's not bonded with a spren, but so he is not bonded with a spren. But he can still feel that something feels wrong. Kaladin is bonded with yeah. a spren. So when he touched a blade that was not owned by that person, he heard screaming. Perhaps Dalinar is in the beginning of something. Huh. Fun. Um, yeah, okay, that's, uh, that's the end of that chapter. Uh, I, we have, we have resolved the Amaram problem, kind of. Uh, here's a little- Kind of. He's gonna come back and try and fuck some stuff up, but- Here's a little drawing, uh, from Shalon's notebook. It's a sketch of a white spine. Um, the, the description, what's written there isn't really Is super this important. a dinosaur? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> much a dinosaur. Uh, that, that, okay, that face- Looks both gross and really, really cool. <laughs> but yeah, that is a that is what a white spine looks like. If that was in, like, say, if a dragon had that face, they would probably be voiced like by someone with a really, really deep voice. Yeah, and a really oh, yeah. slow voice. And like, oh yeah, I don't know why I thought of that. <laughs> For sure, uh, chapter seventy-seven is titled "Trust." It has Shallan symbol and the epigraph reads, One danger in deploying such a potent weapon will be the potential encouragement of those exploring the Nahel bond. Care must be taken to avoid placing these subjects in situations of powerful stress unless you accept the consequences of their potential investiture. From the diagram, floorboard 27, paragraph 6. Uh, and, mm. and so pretty much what he's saying, like, if you put, like, you can fuck with these people, but they might <clears throat> swear an ideal. And they might become radiants. The people who carry an honor blade might become a radiant. No, but like uh, the people exploring the Nahel bond, the people exploring uh, the bond between human and Spren might start swearing ideals if you send somebody around with an honor blade using those powers. So the very fact that he used someone with an honor blade ended up causing a bunch of radiants to come forth during the war that was caused. Yeah, it's, it's talking about like, I mean... Kaladin is pushing himself further to to become a a radiant because of Zeth, right? Because he wants yeah. to be able to fight Zeth. So like that's kind of a yeah, yeah, that makes sense. We start in Shallan's POV. Shallan is excited as the armies begin their march across the plains. Adolin and Shallan banter as they ride, but she's uh, briefly distracted by thoughts of Kaladin. Adolin <laughs> suggests that Shallan ride in Sabariel's carriage, and she says that if she could walk through a high storm, then she can ride. Gaz appears and delivers a copy of Words of Radiance as she requested, and she thanks him. Um, she finally has a copy after she lost her first one way back when the boat sank. Yep. Shallan rides in a private coach with Pattern, reading her new book, which tells of the Orders of the Knights Radiant and their traditions, abilities, and attitudes, though some of it is based on hearsay since it was written 200 years after the Recreants. Shallan wonders about the different orders and if surge binders would start appearing. Navani joins her in her coach and apologizes for ne- neglecting Shallan and asks to help with her research. The two bond over their shared feelings of inadequacy around Yasna. 
Shalon and Navani discuss plans to narrow down where Stormseed is located and how to open the Oathgate. Shalon says that Yasna expected Yurithiru to have information about the Knights Radiant and Voidbringers. So she was like Dalinar, Navani said, trying to bring back powers that perhaps we should leave alone. She wasn't trying. She succeeded. Succeeded? Shalon took a deep breath. I don't know what she said regarding the origin of her soulcaster, but the truth was that it was a fake. Yasna could soulcast on her own without any Fabriel. I saw her do it. She knew secrets from the past, secrets I don't think anyone else knows. Brightness Navani, your daughter was one of the Knights Radiant. Navani is alarmed. Navani is alarmed by this, since the Radiants are linked to the return of the Voidbringers and leaves to make preparations. Khaled, we cut to Kaladin's POV. Kaladin feels gloomy as he is stuck in a sick bed during the dreary weeping period. Moash visits Cal and explains the plan to kill Elokar and make Dalinar the new king, and that Kaladin won't need to do anything. Cal tells him that he lost his abilities and that he thinks Syl left him because of the assassination plot. Moash says he visited to deliver a message for Kaladin to visit the drunk king, but will tell Elokar that Kaladin isn't up for it, and leaves after making sure Kaladin isn't having second thoughts about the planned assassination. Kaladin feels hope- helpless at this point to stop the plot, being wounded and powerless. And that's the end of that chapter. Chapter 78, Contradictions. It has Shallan's symbol again, and the epigraph reads, Ah, but they were left behind. It is obvious from the nature of the bond, but where, where, where? Set off obvious realization like a pricity. They are with the shin. We must find one. Can, make, can we make use of... Uh, can we make to use a truthless? Can we craft a weapon? Um, I spoke that so quickly because there are no spaces in it. Uh... If you add spaces, it reads, Ah, but they were left behind. It is obvious from the nature of the bond. But where, where, where? Where? Set off. Obvious. Realization like a pricity. They are with the shin. We must find one. Can we make to use a truthless? Can we craft a weapon? Um, so he, in, in that moment, Taravangian, uh, when he's writing the diagram, he's talking about the honor blades. He's trying to figure out where they are. And he decides that they have been left with the shin. And that the shin have Wait. them. That's the Shin have all of them? That's what he has decided in his moment of brilliance while writing the diagram. So presumably the Shin that is, why, is the area where the blades were left. Or they were get or the Shin went and got them and brought them back. It's been thousands of years. Yeah, but you said that there were only a few of them that weren't where they're supposed to be. By that I mean that aren't with their uh or that aren't either with their herald or with the Shin. Oh. So the Shin are where they're supposed to be. I mean, yeah, that's where everybody... That's where Taravangi is saying they're supposed to be. Okay. That's where they're supposed to be. But, um... Why do the Shin so have, many, have so many of them? And why... Why does Zeth... Why did Zeth get one? Uh, Zeth at one point mentions that he's trained with Honor Blades. With different ones. That's why they use the Truthless. What? Yeah. So they train soldiers with honor blades in Shinovar, like that's just a thing that they do, and nobody knows about it except freaking Taravangian? Maybe not everybody, but special people. People who are skilled with fighting are trained with multiple different honor blades, and somehow Zeth managed to get away with one of them. Um, they did not take it from him. He said that, that they let him keep it. Why would you let a slave keep... Mm-hmm. An honor blade that gives him magic powers. Mm, good question. Why? I have kind of an answer, but also next book is Zeth's book, so I don't have the full answer. Um, 
I still know very little about uh, Shinovar, except for that it's a place that looks like normal Earth compared to the rest of Roshar, and the Shin have the Honor Blades for some reason. And they don't believe in standing on stone. Yes. Um, but I think I know the answer to that. We'll get to that later. Um, but it's but, just a theory as to why. But I but, I think I know why. But so that's why they they that's why they wanted to use Zeth because he had an honor blade. Can we make to use a truthless specifically, not Zeth? But so they they presumably only have like had eight of them, and at one point there should have been nine because oh, Tall so was the only one that didn't. Yeah, and, and now Zeth has one. Mm-hmm. So now they have eight of. If you only have eight nine... that you know of, well, we don't. You yeah. don't. You Unless don't know that somebody else, else has taken them. Yeah, but eight that we know of. If you only had nine of a certain type of blade, and someone who was training with a certain type of blade becomes a slave and gets cast <laughs> out and sold into slavery. Why would you let him take one of the most unique magical weapons of mass destruction that you've ever had? It's kind of an insult to Zeth to keep it with him because they don't kill people, remember? Like, they've trained Zeth with them, but Zeth considers murder, like, the greatest sin. And so it's almost an, in an insult to leave him with this ultra-powerful weapon that will, like, turn himself into a weapon and force him to kill as a truthless. At least that's kind of what I think. Like, if knowing what I know about the Shin, I, I could see that being one of the reasons. But again, we don't have Zeth's flashbacks yet, so we don't know the exact reason for why. So instead of... So they, they don't believe in murder to the point where instead of being punished for killing someone, your punishment is killing people. Oh, yeah. Your, your personal hell... Yeah, for being a slave people. is to murder people. Oh yeah, that is what Zeth is having a terrible time. Zeth, uh huh. Zeth is Zeth when he closes his eyes, hears the screams of everybody that he's killed. Oh my god. Um, Zeth is not in a good, good, good place at all. Uh, but also I oh think they're training god. people with the honor blades in case the Voidbringers come back because they sense. are worried about that. But. They also are like, they're not back, so fuck you. Take an honor blade, get the fuck out, go be used as a weapon. Yeah. We, they're not back, and if you believe that they're back, you're wrong. You're getting yeah. sold into slavery for telling people that they are back, because um, you're scaring everybody. You're, sca you're scaring the hoes away! <laughs> <laughs> but, oh my god. So like, well, I guess they find murder wrong, but they don't find killing Voidbringers wrong. Well, Voidbringers Obviously. aren't humans, you know? I mean, fuck them. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost ha. like that's going to be one of the main themes of this series. Ha-ha. <laughs> we haven't wow, even met there's the Voidbringers a, yet. There's a... Oh, my God. There's just a lot of interesting takes on a lot of stuff in this series. Like... I mean, like Kaladin with, has found this with the Parshendi, right? He's like... Or the listeners. He's like... Hey, actually, these guys aren't that bad. We shouldn't really be slaughtering them. He seems to find... He has more respect for them by the end of Way of Kings than he does for the Alethi army. And I think that's yeah. the theme that, that Sanderson is playing with a lot is, is that of the other and hating the other and mm -hmm. kind of having to realize that, like, hey, maybe they're not, like, as different than as we, as we believe. Mm -hmm. And, like, Dalinar comes to realize, like, hey, these are just, like, people, but yeah, he, they did a yeah. bad thing and we still need to defeat them. Just like we would defeat another country, we need to defeat these people. Yeah. 
So he's not slaughtering them because they are not human. He's slaughtering them because they're at war. Yeah, the war has to end. They tried to end it, and Eshra and I said no after being corrupted by by, by a weird red spread. Um, So... Uh, like Dalinar wanted peace, but he's like, "All right, well, I got to get ready for the Voidbringers, and like, we can't do that if I'm fighting the list, the Parshendi, as he would think mm-hmm. of them. So we just got to go kill them all. <laughs> like, which is still but, a very Alethi way to um, think of things. But it's still interesting that, like, with the Voidbringers, you have this whole narrative that, like, they were being used by their gods mm-hmm. as a means of punish punishing the humans." Against their will. So that mm-hmm. just like Zeth, they are being used as a weapon. Their autonomy is stripped of them. Yeah. Um Kaladin they, was a slave at the beginning. To... Like they There's a lot of being forced to do stuff yeah. that you don't want to do in this series. There's a lot this I uh, Stormlight Archive to me, I think, is about liberation. Yeah. Um and a lot of characters in the series start in a, from a place of oppression and have to liberate themselves. Mm-hmm. It's it's very interesting to show that same sort of narrative from a, so many different mm-hmm. even from like the enemy positions. The quote unquote enemy. Yeah, like on both sides, you've got someone mm-hmm. who is being punished for spreading truths that everyone believes are lies and it, being a, used as a weapon is his punishment. The, him being used as a weapon, he was used by this other group of people that are trying to avoid bringing their own gods back so that they don't have to become slaves to their gods themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in a way, one slave was used by a bunch of people so that they don't have to become slaves. And in doing so, that ended up causing, like, a massive war. And then now all of these other slaves have to be used as basically, like, pawns to be killed first so that that all of these people can fight a war. Things aren't great on Roshar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're really not. All right, we have a couple more chapters to get through, so. And it's, like, four more pages of notes or something. Um, Okay, uh, this chapter starts in Shallan's POV. Shallan draws a sketch of Yasna based on a memory of her on the wind's pleasure. Dalinar oh. joins uh, Shallan in her tent, and she takes a moment since, uh, or memory, since she has no sketches of him. Dalinar asks for privacy, and Shallan's guard and the scribes leave. You told Navani that Yasna had discovered the secrets of the Knight's Radiant, Dalinar said. I did. You're certain that Yasna didn't mislead you somehow, or allow you to mislead yourself? That would be far more like her. Bright Lord, I... I don't think that is... She took a breath. No, she did not mislead me. How can you be sure? I saw it. I witnessed what he did, what she did, and we spoke of it. Yasna Kulin did not use a soul caster. She was one. Dalinar folded his arms. I think I'm supposed to refound the Knight's Radiant. The first man I thought I could trust for the job turned out to be a murderer and a liar. Now you tell me that Yasna might have, ad- might have had actual power. If that is true, then I am a fool. I don't understand. In naming Amaram, I did what I thought was my task. I wonder now if I was mistaken all along, and that refounding them was never my duty. They might be refounding themselves, and I am an arrogant meddler. You have given me a great deal to think upon. Thank you. He did not smile as he said it. He turned to leave. Right, Lord Dalinar. 
What if your task wasn't to refound the Knights Radiant? That is what I just said, Dalinar replied. What if instead your task was to gather them? He looked back to her. I have to tell someone sometimes, she thought. Shallan held out her palm, then breathed in, draining one of her spheres. Then she breathed back out, sending a cloud of shimmering stormlight into the air between herself and Dalinar. She formed it into a small image of Yasna, the one she'd just drawn on top of her palm. Almighty above, Dalinar whispered. Dalinar stepped closer, reverent, leaning down to inspect Shallan's image. Can I? he asked, reaching out a hand. Yes. He touched the image, causing it to fuzz back into shifting light. When he withdrew his finger, the image reformed. It's just an illusion. I can't create anything real. It's amazing, Dalinar said. It is wonderful. He looked up at her and there were tears in his eyes. You're one of them. Maybe? Kind of? I'm not mad. I had decided that I wasn't, but that's not the same as knowing. It's all true. They're returning. Yasna taught you this? I more stumbled into it on my own. I think I was led to her so she could teach me. We didn't have much time for that, unfortunately. I need to give you the golden cape. Put you in charge of them, so we- No, 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 <laughs> Me? No, no, no I can't. No, 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 no. I mean, so... What I can do is mostly useful if nobody knows it's possible. I mean, if everyone is looking for my illusions, I'll never fool them. Fool them, Dalinar said? Perhaps not the best choice of words for Dalinar. The scout reports that they clashed with the Parshendi, and they appear different from the past. The scouts had burn wounds, despite the rain. Shallan examines the corpse and sees that its eyes are red and is alarmed. Taleb reports that another Parshendi walked up to the army, not attacking, but just standing, and Dalinar and Shallan go to investigate. Has he said anything? Dalinar asked. Not that I know of, Taleb said. He just sits there. Shallan peered across the chasm toward the solitary Parshendi man. Scar? The Parshendi's voice called. Scar, is that you? And Leighton? Nearby, one of Dalinar's bridgeman guards cursed. He ran across the bridge and several other bridgemen f followed. They returned a moment later. Shallan crowded in close to hear what their leader whispered to Dalinar. It's him, sir, Scar said. He's changed, but storm me for a fool if I'm wrong. It's him. Shen. He ran bridges with us for months, then vanished. Now he's here. He says he wants to surrender to you. Yes, the end of that chapter. Oh no, Shen! Chapter 79, Toward the Center. This one has Dalinar's, PO, uh, Dalinar's symbol. And the epigraph reads, Question, for what essential must we strive? Answer, the essential of preservation, to shelter a seed of humanity through the coming storm. Question, what cost must we bear? Answer, the cost is irrelevant. Mankind must survive. Our burden is that of the species, and all other considerations are but dust by comparison. From the diagram, Catchism of the Back of the Flowered Painting, Paragraph 1. We start in Dalinar's POV. Dalinar and Navani interrogate Relaine in his tent. Dalinar notices how much different he appears from regular Parshman. Relaine salutes Dalinar and sits as instructed. Relaine doesn't know any of the Parshendi plans and says he was a Parshman spy for about three years. Relaine says that something is wrong and that Eshrenai has changed in a bad way, and that all his friends among the listeners have become monsters. Scar and Rock say Relaine is still a member of Bridge 4. Relaine tells that although he is a Parshendi, he was able to spy on the Alethi because he changed into dole form to closely impersonate a Parshman. You spoke of the Parshendi, Dalinar said. This has to do with the red eyes? Relaine nodded. What does it mean, soldier? It means our gods have returned, Relaine whispered. Who are your gods? They are the souls of those ancient, those who gave of themselves to destroy. He looked up at Dalinar. They hate you and your kind, sir. This new form they have given my people. It is something terrible. It will bring something terrible. Can you lead us to the Parshendi city? My people. You said they are gone. They might be. 
I got close enough to see an army, tens of thousands, but surely they left some in other forms. The elderly? The young? Who watches our children? Dalinar stepped up to Relaine. He stooped down, laying an arm on the Parshendi man's shoulder. Soldier, if what you're telling me is correct, then the most important thing you can do is lead us to your people. I will see that the non-combatants are protected. My word of honor on it. If something terrible is happening to your people, you need to help me stop it. I... Relaine took a deep breath. Yes, sir. Meet with Shalon Devar. Describe the route to her and get us a map. Taleb, you may release the prisoner into the custody of Bridge 4. As the group of them left, Dalinar sighed and sat down beside Navani. You trust his word? I don't know. But something did shake that man, Navani. Soundly. He's Parshendi. You may be misreading his body language. Dalinar leaned forward. The countdown, he asked. Three days away. Three days before light day. So little time. We hasten our pace, he said. Inward. Toward the center. And destiny. I have an image to show you. Wait, okay. I mm -hmm. think I got names mixed up. Who's Relaine? Uh, Shen. Oh. That's his Parshendi name. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this image is uh, the the... The drawing that Shalon did of the Shattered Plains by making it symmetrical, saying that it's completely symmetrical. Um, and what's important it's, is... It's not just symmetrical, it's radial. Yeah. Yep. That's that's different than just symmetrical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what? Uh, that, on the... that means it splits into, like, quadrants. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or, like, eight? It splits into eight. Eight copies of the same, but just reversed. Well, there's, it looks like there's four and, well, there's two, there's two different patterns and four of each. Well, yeah, but they, yeah, yeah. The, you could combine yeah. the two patterns together because to they yeah. aren't mirrors of each other. No, so yeah. It's eight copies of the same thing. I really would like to know what the fuck is happening on the Shattered Plains, too. Um... The note at the bottom reads, Eastern side of the plains is much more eroded than this. Light areas are plateaus packed closely together. Dark areas represent plateaus less densely packed. I know you wanted me to draw every plateau, but shadows, woman, even I'm not that crazy. Uh, that is our good world hopper friend, Nas, and he's writing a little note. He stole Shalon's map at some point and is sending it to somebody. So, they said the eastern part is more... Eroded. That's where the high storm comes from. The eastern side of the Shattered Plains is the first land that the high storm hits in well, all of Roshar. Would it be on the coast then? It would. There would be a coastline there on the eastern side. Yes. Huh. We've and they've so never gone out the, that far. They're on the western side. They're all the way on the west, and the listeners are in the center. So there's like nobody all the way out on the east. Or so they think. Well, yeah. The next chapter is titled Chapter 80, To Fight the Rain. It has Kaladin's symbol. The epigraph reads, You must become king of everything. From the diagram, tenets of instruction, back of the footboard, paragraph one. We start in Shallan's POV. Shallan climbs up a rock formation to get a good view of the ruins of an old city. Shallan reluctantly returns to the tents to join a war council among the high princes. Shallan tells Dalinar that they must push for onward. Adolin reports that 10,000 Parshendi have been spotted on the nearby plateaus. Dalinar decides they will march toward the city the next day and attack. This portal of yours, Dalinar said. Yes, Shallan asked. Dalinar looked up and met her eyes. How real is it? Yasna was convinced it was completely real. She was never wrong. 
This would be a storming bad time for her to break her record. I agreed to press forward in part because of your exploration. Thank you. I did not do it for scholarship. From what Navani tells me, this portal offers a unique opportunity for retreat. I had hoped to defeat the Parshendi before danger overtook us, whatever it was. Judging by what we've seen, danger has arrived early. Shalan nodded. Tomorrow is the last day of the countdown, scribbled on the walls during high storms. Whatever it is, whatever it was, we meet it tomorrow. And you are my backup plan, Shalon Davar. You will find this portal, and you will make it work. If the evil overwhelms us, your pathway will be our escape. You may be the only chance that our armies, and indeed Alethkar itself, have for survival. And we cut to Kaladin's POV. Well, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Kaladin walks through the near-deserted camp to think and try to put his losses behind him. He returns to his barracks and finds Elokar is waiting for him. Ah, the, bring the king said. Bridgman. Elokar's cheeks were flushed. He'd been drinking. This is really all that Dalinar assigns one of his officers, Elokar asked. That man. He expects everyone to live with his own austerity. It is as if he's completely forgotten how to enjoy himself. The king cleared his throat. I was told you were too weak to make the trip to see me. I see that might not be the case. I'm sorry, your majesty. I'm not well, but I walk the camp each day to rebuild my strength. I feared that my weakness and appearance might be offense to, offensive to the throne. You've learned to speak politically, I see. The truth is that you, my command is meaningless, even to a dark eyes. I no longer have authority in the eyes of men. How did you know? The king asked him. How to be a hero. Your majesty? A hero. Everyone loves you, Bridgman. You saved Dalinar. You fought Shardbearers. You came back after falling into the storming chasms. How do you do it? How do you know? It's really just luck, your majesty. No, no, it's a pattern, though I can't figure it out. When I try to be strong, I make a fool of myself. When I try to be merciful, people walk all over me. When I try to listen to counsel, it turns out I've picked the wrong men. When I try to do everything on my own, Dalinar has to take over lest I ruin the kingdom. How do people know what to do? Why don't I know what to do? I was born to this office, given the throne by the Almighty himself. Why would he give me the title but not the capacity? It defies reason. And yet everyone seems to know things that I do not. My father could rule even the likes of Sadius. Men loved Gavilar, feared him, and served him all at once. I can't even get a dark eyes to obey a command to come visit the palace. Why doesn't this work? What do I have to do? Why are you asking me this, your majesty? Because you know the secret. I've seen how your men regard you. I've heard how people speak of you. You're a hero, Bridgman. He stopped, then walked up to Kaladin, taking him by the arms. Can you teach me? Kaladin regarded him, baffled. I want to be a king like my father was. I want to lead men, and I want them to respect me. I don't. Kaladin swallowed. I don't know if that's possible, your majesty. Elakar narrowed his eyes at Kaladin. So you do still speak your mind, even after all the trouble it brought you. Tell me, do you think me a bad king, Bridgman? Yes. Yes. The king drew in a sharp breath, still holding Kaladin by the arms. I could do it right here, Kaladin realized. Strike the king down, put Dalinar on the throne. No hiding, no secrets, no cowardly assassination. A fight, him and me. That seemed a more honest way to be about it. Sure, Kaladin would probably be executed, but he found that didn't bother him. He could imagine Dalinar's anger, Dalinar's disappointment. Death didn't bother Kaladin, but failing Dalinar? The king let go and stalked away. Well, I did ask, he muttered to himself. I merely have to win you over as well. I will figure this out. I will be a king to be remembered. Or you could do what is best for Alethkar, Kaladin said, and step down. 
The king stopped in place. He turned on Kaladin, expression darkening. Do not overstep yourself, Bridgman. I should never have come here. I agree, Kaladin said. Elakar stopped at the door, not looking at Kaladin. When you came, the shadows went away. The shadows? I saw them in mirrors, in the corners of my eyes. I could swear I even heard them whispering. But you frightened them. I haven't seen them since. There's something about you. Don't try to deny it. The king looked to him. I'm sorry for what I did to you. I watched you fight to help Adolin, and then I saw you defend Renarin, and I grew jealous. There you were, such a champion, so loved, and everyone hates me. I should have gone to fight myself. Instead, I overreacted to your challenge of Amaram. You weren't the one who ruined our chance against Sadius. It was me. Dalinar was right. Again. I'm so tired of him being right and me being wrong. In light of that, I'm not at all surprised that you find me a bad king. Elakar pushed open the door and left. And that is where we will end tonight. Huh. They went away when Kaladin appeared. Remember last book? Uh, Elakar implied that he's seeing cryptics in mirrors, like Shallan did. Yeah, Shallan also see- saw them in her memory. And well, so, Sanderson has said that the the lie that that because like. Shallan has a lie, right? The lie of whatever. That's why um, uh, uh, that's why Pattern is attracted to her. That's why cryptics are attracted to Lightweavers, because they have powerful lies. Uh, Shallan is lying to herself about something. That means Elokar is also lying to himself about something. The lie was that he's a good king. He's, he, was, he has been hiding from the fact that he's a bad king, and that he's not the great man he wishes he was. So him... Ed- acknowledging that would be a good sign but they left when kaladin showed up they left so nobody's watching him to see him make that progress so he would have to admit it to himself again when there's a spread around well not even i mean I, i think what's implied is that when kaladin showed up they left completely and it might be also that now that Shallan is there, they've also left because Shallan is there as a, a light weaver. Like, they're not watching him anymore. They've given up on Elakar. So they don't like being around Radiance or they don't like being I don't think they like I don't think they liked being around Syl. Because <laughs> Syl is like, Syl doesn't like them. Syl has talked about Pattern before, like seeing Pattern being like, I don't fucking like that guy. That guy's weird. Because she's an honor spren and their whole thing is lying. Like, they're kind of the most opposite you could get. Except they like truth, but they're attracted to people that are lying. Well, well, pattern Shalon can see him even not in like her drawings, but yeah, once you bond the, the spread, you can yeah. see that specific one just but, normally because they're being brought further into the physical realm through you swearing the ideals. But obviously, before then, there needs to I be. I don't think like, Elokar is gonna swear an ideal to one of the spread. They've already given up on him. Huh. I, I remember reading this book and getting that chapter and being like, do I, am I, do I feel bad for Elikar? I was like, I was like, he what? He had a chance to become a radiant. And it's not even that. It's just it how, he's, too long. how he speaks in this chapter is really depressing. I mean, Elikar also has his own mental illness and his own trauma and problems. I mean, he lost his father at a very young age and has been trying to live up to this trying to live up to the man who united the kingdom again and 
he's failed every step of the way. <laughs> like, uh, it's 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 sad. And now because they're gonna kill him for in, it. Instead of realizing his mistakes and trying to fix them and become better for it, he just kind of pretended he was a good king and just kept mm -hmm. going. Mm -hmm. He just ignored it. Now they're gonna kill him for it. Next time, next Saturday, our long ass episode, chapter eighty one. It'll be the last day. Uh, the ever storm comes. You have a and, teaser. Uh, let me. Let me go. Uh, let me. This is for like the beginning of the episode, the middle of the episode. Um, my teaser is going to be. Um, here's my teaser. I'm gonna read you one line from next episode. Okay. I ran until, until I couldn't any longer. Kaladin whispered, "End of, the race." <clears throat> and so next week, we'll see what that scene, what that what that line is a part of. What scene that line's a part of. I ran until I couldn't any longer. End of the race. What? You remember the story of Fleet? <clears throat> How oh, yeah. he dies at the end? And that's the end of the race? Is, is death? And that's what Kaladin is saying. I ran until I couldn't any longer. End of the race. Uh, also, we'll get a, my favorite Dalinar speech uh, next week. Uh, I like it better than um, the one he gives at the end of Way of Kings when he's like, what what is what is death you know that that whole speak that whole speech um we all go the, when he when he inspires his men on the tower yeah that's all i've got for you i'm very excited for saturday i i uh, the most exciting finale we've done so far easily because it just keeps getting bigger and bigger although i don't know i think it kind of peaks a little bit at oathbringer and Rhythm of War is like, all right, let's be chill for a little bit before the ending. But I'm so excited for the end of book five. I think it's going to be fucking nuts. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it has to be. It's the end of the first half. It's the end of the first arc. Exactly. I can't I can't even begin to imagine what's going to happen. I yeah. Everyone's going to die. Uh, They're going to pull out Kingdom Hearts three. Everyone's going to die. And then Kaladin's going to time travel. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I'm on Twitter at Sean underscore AFK. You guys can follow the show on Twitter at Speak Stormlight. You guys can join our Discord server. Uh, the link to do that is in the episode description. Um, our cover art was done by our good friend Alex at ALX underscore B-E-E-G-B-O-I on Twitter. Um, and next week, I at the end of next week, I can show you the cover art for Yay! next season. I don't need to wait until um, we, do, we finish, finish the book. We just need to get through a scene from next book. Um, Dude, you're gonna learn a lot next at uh, next week. I'm really excited. Actually. Oh, okay. There's there's some really good twists that I that uh I did not see coming, and when they happened, I was like, oh, fucking, of course. That makes everything make so much more sense. Okay, I'm glad mm -hmm. that's happening next week and not today because I no. already have too, way too much Kingdom yeah, Hearts no. in my brain to also get a bunch of Stormlight in my brain. There wasn't gonna be a bunch of reveals. Explode. But I still think this is a pretty exciting bit with with the stuff with Amaram and like yeah. Shalon revealing she's a radiant. Um, yeah. Uh, as always, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next time. For now, remember, life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination. <laughs> <laughs>